All right, all right, all right. Uh, welcome, everyone. It's a uh, first of all, I think I'm going to stick with Fridays 2100. Um, some of you might have noticed that it's usually Sunday. I changed my mind on that though. Too many time has gone on. And uh, wait a second, did it ping out? Did my bot broke break? Oh, it worked on. All right, one sec. I'll tell you anything for the right amount of bits. Um, so I'm going to stick with Friday's 2100 uh, for the next time. Uh, simply because timers and all that stuff on weekends. There's too much stuff going on. But what better uh, episode <laughs> to change it up a bit than, than this one? Uh, obviously, a pretty special episode. Um, formerly known as Kill2, uh, FCing the smallest of fleets. I'm not sure if you ever FC the an actual fleet, but I I kind of count solo as FC. Yeah, you know what? Solo is not a fleet. You know what I mean? I know you as a solo guy. I'm not sure if you, if you did small gang gangs. There you go. So you did actually FC. There was proof that I actually FC. I wouldn't dare to make an exception here for like a special guest, right? So, no, I but yeah. All right. But in 2013, I believe you joined CCP as a dev. Um, and over the last seven years, I mean, it's a long time now, right? Seven years. Um, I feel like you became pretty much like the community's favorite um, dev. I really do believe so. I think in general, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of really good devs. You you guys got a got a good team going. That's so. But in general, I think you're you're top three for everyone, right? Definitely, you're up there. Curious who would be. I'll tell you anything for the right amount of bits. It's like you know, there's there's real heroes at CCP that people don't know about, and people who take a lot of public space but waste a lot of time, like me. So, you know what? That's similar to FCN. I see it uh, pretty much this. Yeah, I've I've dudes like uh, mapping wormholes and setting stuff up, and you know they've got that intel and stuff like this, and they're way smarter than me, especially when it comes to IT stuff. Shout out to Aaron Cable. He's the man, right? If I say like, hey, we need whatever, we need templates for our Mumble server, the next day it's done, right? So uh, yeah, I mean, that's the. This is the same. I have like half of a thing I think about working on and then I talk to a bunch of people smarter than me that you guys don't know and uh, mm. and then I get to go out and announce it. I have to turn up the volume. Give me one sec. Uh-oh. Here we go. That should fix it. Sorry about turn that. Turn up, Rice. That was my fault. Like, I have to turn you up. All right. Should be better now. I'm sorry, guys. Better uh, now, guys. Sorry. Yeah. I made like 10 really good jokes before you could hear me. Yeah. Everything he said so far was perfect, just to say that, right? Yeah. Uh, I started off really strong. Well, I'm sure they could hear you. They just had to focus for <laughs> once, right? This is not this is not the F1 pusher kind of uh, podcast, right? You have to pay attention and do your, do your thing, right? <laughs> Listening is a job, right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, I still believe uh, you are one of the... I believe you're probably the favorites, FC, and uh, FC, Death. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Yeah, 
I think the main reason for that is you're talking to a lot of people that also most people probably don't see that you're doing in the background with the CSM and all that stuff. Um, you know, FCs are very aware of that and yeah, they appreciate been, it. It's cool. I've been, I actually, it's, I've been thinking lately about, I don't know how it's tough for you guys. I rely a lot, I more and more rely on players, I think. And I'm like building up a big kind of, I don't know, resource pool of people to talk to, including people like yourself. And it's pretty amazing how much work gets put in by, by you guys, but then you don't get, you know, I think a lot of time the public doesn't see how much of those conversations go into the changes we make. And also I think a lot of the time it must feel rough because, uh, because of how much I like, I've broken your heart twice in the last couple months, right? Talking <laughs> to you about all the th big hopes you have and the problems you deal with, and then do something that's basically backwards to what you're hoping for new nerf boosters instead of nerfing supers first. And uh, there's, you're not the only one who's had that experience, but I still very much appreciate, you know, getting a lot of help from, from a smart group of E players. It's crucial. You know what? It's super tricky sometimes for me to stop myself. I know you're getting spammed by people and I'm like, oh shit, like, I can't, I can't just combo him right now and tell him like, hey, what about this, right? Those, the, the shower thought kind of thing. I have to stop myself so many times and just they're getting spammed by me sometimes, you know what I mean? It's like yesterday, yesterday my Discord was like, I needed like a, an assistant to like filter because <laughs> I can imagine so many people, which is great. I mean, it's fine. I, I'm super happy to hear from people but yeah can be a lot i mean it's good everybody cares a lot everybody's trying to like help make the game better so no complaints from me that's that's exactly i think no you have to see it otherwise it's gonna you know, you're gonna go crazy and then yeah. at this point also um people have concerns with some things of the patch uh, the reason why we're going to talk about that and i just want to say like i'm going to bring stuff up that i might not even uh, agree with uh, and then you have the typical situation that on reddit and on the forums like people are just like getting super crazy about stuff right and then it's always they always represent their one like play style really and it's always super hard to get it right for um for the entire game right it's like how do you like faxes i don't want to i didn't want to start with faxes uh, and i think let's talk about it a little later on but at the same time like how do you how do you balance something that's so that should be strong for small gangs and then still strong for medium size, but then not too strong for large gang for large fleets to like ex exploit it to no end. It's almost impossible, I would say, right? So like, where do you cut it off? That's like that's the kind of stuff. Yeah, and I mean, whether or not there's a, whether or not I think you can reach a balance for all three, you can't change it without changing all three. Like that's, you know, even if there is some perfect version of it that that is pretty ideal across all three, whenever you try to make a change especially if it's just because of one area, you know, you're going to affect the others and then people have to adjust and that never feels good. I mean, if you're used to doing something and then especially if the change is not described as being, you know, because of a problem in the, in the ecosystem or the play style that you have, but you have to make an adjustment anyway, that's, you know, that's not going to feel great, but we have to deal with that pretty much always because, you know, we don't have, wormhole specific ships and <laughs> null specific ships and 
so we we inevitably end up uh, making everyone adjust at the same time, even if there's one area we're trying to deal with. And it's just part of the territory, I think. Yeah. Um, so you also mentioned um, you rely on players like me or like other FCs. And also, I know you talk to like small scale, medium scale people, right? Mm -hmm. um, do you ever like... So that also comes comes from you not being able to play the game just as we do, right? Now you can play it. Probably your old play style. It's pretty open for you still, right? You can solo around. But um, when it comes to like FCing or leadership positions in alliances and making those like bigger things, you can't really play that way. Um, so do you ever regret that you cannot really play the game like that? I mean, like you said, the way I play the game is fairly open, so I don't have like this, you know, I don't struggle with feeling like I'm blocked out of playing a way that I wish I could, but uh, it does mean I have to rely on people a lot. And I think across across all of dev, one thing you mentioned, the like the leadership and kind of motivational layer, like why are people, you know, if we're trying to introduce some new objective or change, uh, something about the way objectives work or about the way resources work or anything like that we have to it's very hard to have first-hand experience at this point as a dev on what how those decisions are getting made we talked about i talked about this a lot with both exuki and laura Seco and other people in wormholes during that wormhole pass we just did because the the changes to frig holes and to um rolling holes in general along with the connection changes all of it affected a lot about how evictions work and how motivation around evictions works. Um, you know <laughs> plenty about this, I'm sure. <laughs> and that level, the like, okay, now we're deciding to make uh, more evictions or now we're exciting, deciding to do less because of the ability of null to interfere, it's super hard for us to have firsthand access to that kind of decision-making. So we have to rely on people a lot. Yeah, I was about to say, you probably can't... Sorry, I, I didn't want to interrupt. No, no, no. But you you probably can't say a see like why certain wars or fights start when they happen, but it's probably very hard to see all the fights and wars wars that never happen or steps and decisions exactly. that you know, like when yeah. when leadership decides to not do something like you never see yeah. that there's no there's no way of finding out it's the same with like smaller fights like a, a roaming gang why doesn't that roaming gang I don't know uh, warp to doesn't this structure and start right. Yeah, like the fight never happens, so you can't see it, right? And that's yeah, also and an that, argument. That be, there are some, you know, I think sometimes when we have something top level that we can measure just in behavior to kind of confirm whether or not we've made a good change, that's fine. But with something like evictions, we don't even have a reasonable way to measure it. And even if we did, it's it's like rare enough and volatile enough that we couldn't really trust any conclusions we made from that data. So we end up having to talk to people. You know, I think that's our, our really our only option when it comes to that more motivational decision, especially like you're saying, when it's something not happening. Uh, I think the closer you go to to the sort of gameplay we do have access to, to actually, you know, FCing, especially at smaller scales or, um, I don't know, lots of other stuff, it's possible for us to have first-hand experience. And we do have a good spread of people in the company doing a variety of things, so it's easier to uh to not have to reach out for that kind of stuff but but yeah the leadership stuff is hard 
Yeah. Um, I wouldn't know how to get around it. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, talking to players is the only the only way. And then I bet a few people, when they hear this, they're like, oh, no, but these players, they're probably going to manipulate you or whatever. But I, I, really, I really do believe... 99% of players that talk to you, they talk to you because they're passionate about the game. They want the greater goods to benefit. Like, yes, they, you always have to have in mind that they're talking from their own perspective with their own play style. But in general, I have talked to so many like FCs and, um, and like leadership people and stuff. I always have the feeling like they want... They want the game to be healthy. They want the game to to do good, right? So yeah. I think it's a reliable source for anyone who is worried about that, right? Yeah. I mean, I think people can't help but try and, you know, endorse changes or advocate for the way they want the, to play the game. And we all disagree about exactly what the right direction is for everything. You know, it's not like everybody has the same idea of what a healthy Eve looks like. But I totally agree with you. I think almost almost everyone that's going to spend the time to talk to us about what they think should happen or trying to give feedback about how things have affected them. They're just trying to advocate for the game being as healthy as possible. And then it's just a matter of, I think, talking to enough people to get some diversity of opinion uh, because of course people don't always agree, but I, I, for the most part, trust people's motivations quite a bit. I think everybody, especially in our community is really trying to make the game as good as it can be. Uh, and I think that's that's coming from like how old the game is. Right? People are so invested in it that you know that plays a big role there. And since Olmeca is in uh, in chat, a big part of that is also the CSM, right? I know there's like mixed feelings about too many uh, Imperium people on and all that stuff, but in general, I would count the CSM in there, obviously, right? They uh, like whenever I talk to anyone from the CSM, I always have the same feeling. They want the game to do good and want to improve it. Right? Yeah, 100%. If they're not, and they're not always right. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying everything every CSM member ever said is right. Right? That would be ridiculous. <laughs> but you know, they have uh, uh, the right things in mind at least. Um, but I feel like the CSM stuff in general it changed a little bit recently. The, like the approach uh, of the CSM with a little bit more um, the presentation kind of style, right? And I think Exuki, who you mentioned before, he actually brought that, um, you know, brought that in, right? He did the first presentation yeah. and then you guys meant, uh, noticed probably that actually is quite useful, right? Yeah, uh, it was it was really great. Uh, a lot of the time the way we would usually set up summit sessions, especially is to just bring something we're working on and then they respond and having presentations like Exuki did for the first time at spring summit or whatever, or uh, winter summit, what, you know, makes, puts the CSM in a more proactive position to say, Hey, this is what, this is what we're worried about. Or this is, this is an overview of a play style or, you know, whatever they want. And uh, that went really well when Exuki did that just kind of, uh, laying out um, kind of an overview of wormhole space, uh, which was supplemented with this pretty amazing survey he did. And then this last uh, summit, we had three or four presentations from other CSMs on various topics, and it was all incredibly useful. Um, I mean, all these people are super smart, and 
um, like you say, they don't always agree with each other and we don't always agree with them, but it's pretty cool to have them in that sort of proactive stance saying like, this is the thing I want you to hear, or this is a vision I have for how some part of the game could work. Um, it's, it, I think it's a lot, um, uh, it's a lot different than just them responding, sitting there and saying, you know, us saying, oh, we're going to nerf resist and them saying, well, what about this and this and this? It's them bringing something that they've kind of built which is totally different so it's been really really helpful yeah and i think there's still this misconception about the csm that a lot of people think like the csm are coming in or they're supposed to come in with a certain agenda and push for this and this change or whatever they will bring up stuff uh, i'm pretty sure that you know certain issues they will bring yeah. up but that's not the idea really right they're more designed uh, to be a tool for you guys yeah i mean i i think there's a lot of like i think what the csm has thought of itself as being has changed and evolved and then i think the way that different teams and parts of the company try to use the csm varies quite a bit so i don't think there's one like this is what the csm's supposed to be mm. but i think for the most part especially the summit sessions usually have a format of the csm being there as a resource some part of the company or some team bringing in some material to put in front of them and then get help with either help on how the feature would work or what kind of things they would see as issues or whatever or a lot of the time like how to handle communication like what are players going to be worried about and what kind of things do we need to make sure we cover if we're gonna go out and talk to people about this they're yeah often in that more reactive mode i think especially at the summits but but yeah, it's also pretty open and there's quite a bit of different approaches like over the different CSMs over the years and between different teams and groups at CCP. Yeah, what I what I hear like constantly is like the most stuff gets done at dinner, right? Yeah. Like and then like I mean, everyone's having a beer just chilling. That's like <laughs> uh, all of my best features got made in a bar, not at the office. It <laughs> just applies to the CSM as well. Yeah, I mean, once people yeah. loosen up and um, kind of have the freedom to say what they really think without being in a meeting with like 16 other people, it often like speeds up the process a lot. So we get get a lot done during the dinners and whatever. That's why the summits are really important. They're really good for yeah for uh, both like building relationships and also for just talking through things in a more casual way. Well, there have been voices that said, uh, like certain people that said, like the CSM is completely useless and the money that CCP spends on flying all these guys out and have, like taking them out to dinner and stuff like this, it would be smarter to just employ another uh, uh, death. I, I mean, I don't know, you know, if you like looked at all the CCP, what everybody would say, but to me, the CSM is like really critical i mean it's uh it's it's amazing to have a group of super high level well connected people too that can get me resources if i need them from other parts of the game just have them basically on call all the time and willing to to talk through things it's i i would be a lot slower if i didn't have them i would end up having to i've actually already been talking about trying to find ways to get uh, NDAs for people that I talk to regular outside the CSM because I feel like I need even more of that kind of resource 
And if they were not there, or if I didn't have the summits to build relationships with them and understand who was the right person to talk to for what, um, I think it would hurt hurt Dev a lot. Um, not saying it's perfect or it couldn't be better. <laughs> you know, there's always room for improvement, but I think it's, to me at least, it's a really, really important institution. Um, and then, like, so if you would have, like, other people under NDA for, like, certain areas or whatever, um, that's usually stuff then you could have happen at FanFest too, right? So at FanFest, a lot of people approach you and pitch their thing, I can imagine, right? And people told me, like, you have to tell them this or whatever, right? If you mean <laughs> at FanFest. Yeah, and like, yeah, at yeah. FanFest, I'm not going to talk to anyone about anything. Like, let's just it's, enjoy the, the FanFest. It's funny. Sometimes people will come up with, like, a clipboard or, a, you know, notebook with, like, all the things that they're oh people. Oh, my God. They, they go down a list, like... One guy said you gotta nerf this. One guy said you gotta make the range longer on the Nurgle. One guy said you gotta add Tech Two Salvage drones, and then he gets to like his thing he wants to. Just oh <laughs> shit! But that's more like a joke than surely, right? I mean, not always. That's probably ah, a couple. Of, but then, you know. But it's, it's fun. I mean, it's fun talking to people. I mean, it's tragic not getting to do Fan Fest this year. Like, I love love talking to people in person instead of. Uh, yeah having reddit threads as feedback <laughs> oh god don't take only reddit as feedback please right. that's the that's exactly the thing with the you know that's that's what happened what's happening in on reddit or on the forums or in general um or facebook check out eve online facebook if you oh no i don't feedback. i don't i don't i didn't log into there. facebook for ages uh, and i don't plan on logging in ever again <laughs> But like on Reddit and the forums and stuff, like so usually what happens is also um people come out of their you know alliances, they've got to push for their kind of changes. And then usually what happens is uh Reddit or the forums, they find that one um opinion and then that's stuck, right? Then it's an echo chamber suddenly. And then that opinion gets blown out of proportion. That's what I feel usually happens on those platforms. And it's very, like, it, there's usually a legit point to it, right? But then it gets yeah. uh, crazy super fast too. And it's always yeah. hard then to, to, for me at least, to, you know, evaluate like, hmm, how, how important of an issue, how big is that issue right now? anyway uh, uh, you know yeah i mean i think that's the the hardest thing about looking at public like social media based feedback because it's really tough to tell what scale of uh concern or effect there is or whatever you know whether it's positive or negative like how many people is this actually representative of you it's you know it's so hard to tell because you can be so disproportionately loud in some cases or in some cases maybe it's like kind of quietly positive for a really big group who just doesn't really care to post anything about it and it's tough to tell but we do have you know we have um other other methods uh both are like expert sources which is a really valuable you know checkpoint a lot of the time for what's being said on social media but also we have like you know broad uh player surveys and stuff like that that can help either validate or invalidate what we're seeing on social media so there's, there's a couple different angles and yeah there's and i think any one of them on their own could be pretty problematic yeah and then you said quietly positive i think that's that's happening all the time right the, the good stuff 
usually doesn't get as much press, especially on Reddit. <laughs> it's, usually yeah. it's seen as a sport to shit on the bad parts. <laughs> as small as the bad part might be, they, uh, yeah. you and know. It varies a bit. We've had some good, some good runs lately. The, uh, the filament stuff enjoyed a really positive run on social media where everybody was, was making threads about it and posting stories and stuff. That was really cool. So it happens now and then, but yeah, I think, you know, if you, any change where you have like five really mad people and a hundred quietly happy people, you're going to hear the five mad people much more. If, if I was a hardcore Redditor, I would now say, but the filaments are way too expensive. You know, <laughs> the way they are implemented, I'm not oh, super man, happy, uh, but hey, yeah. right. the, uh, the, the cost is broken in every direction. I need to go and tweak some of that. Um, there is actually some some changes coming for that soon. We're going to use the 25 man filaments as a like login reward for something soon. So those will be a little more accessible Ooh. than the 15s, even I think, which will bring the price down a little. That would be nice. That would be nice. But we also probably need to cut the build cost down on the 15 some, and then make the fives a little rarer because the fives. I when I built the fives, I accidentally put it in. I, I doubled the loot table, so they dropped twice as much as they're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> super cheap but what are you gonna do well i hope they're gonna be uh, cheap enough for people to use them even more i think a lot of people yeah. use them already even though they're expensive and mm -hmm. with the 25s coming out yeah i'm looking forward to that because you know what 15 man that's usually the the corp gangs that i run but 25 you can do like ju just so much more especially with the nerfs that we're going to talk about in a minute too with the resists um and stuff like this so there might be some stuff that's opened up and then obviously it affects capital cap booster stuff and so on maybe we should just dive on. into into that i was gonna tell you it. before we move on the filament stuff is crazy there's still like now after a christmas event then after the release of normal filaments still seeing almost 2000 filament activations a day that's like a lot of gangs a lot of people jumping randomly to nullsec it's pretty pretty wild um that's good too yeah definitely most of it's five mans for now there's not a lot of people doing 15s of course but that's just cost but yeah, yeah anyway I mean, what's next um so you guys called this surgical strike. Yeah. Should it have been uh, called Napalm instead? Yeah, I guess so, right? I mean, it affected literally every ship in the game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the name isn't too no, that's accurate. that's not true. Not literally every ship. Well, the ones that use hardness. Yeah. Yeah, Which all right. A lot of them, but not all of them. Okay, okay. Right. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a little wrong, yeah. but uh, I was surprised. Double. Shield extender stabber doesn't care at all about this change. Except yeah, for Halo. Right. Maybe you're he cares right. about that. But I was super yeah, surprised. Hull tanks, that's a good point. Hold there's a huge hull tank buff. Brutex Navy issues. Yeah. There you go. There you go. But uh yeah, why add? did you not why did you not go for hit points uh, instead? And why did you decide the resists are actually the ones that you want to touch? Yeah. So, so we've been, I mean, as you know, everyone, the community and us both have been talking about, uh, capital EHP nerfs for a while. Um, and the assumption sort of before digging into the work is that it would just be base HP. Um, 
whether through the plate bonus or through the base HP on the ship or both. Um, but when we started kind of digging a little more, we incorporated these. We have for a long time actually been talking about two other big goals. And we've actually, like, it's funny because this change is sort of a soft step towards them. We've talked about much more explicit steps towards these goals, which are to make fights bloodier. Uh, basically make it so there's more trading in general like try to promote ships uh, dying especially like making it so the losing side can get kills even when they're losing um, and connected to that putting some kind of diminishing returns over time on logistics um, for sort of the same reason so that fights don't stall out um, where either nothing's dying on either side or one side is permatanking and able to totally wipe the other side um, those two things have been big topics. Like we've been, I remember at least talking about them with CSM uh, at CSM summits for uh, at least the last, you know, two CSMs, but we haven't made any big steps towards them. And we've been talking about a lot of different ways we could do that, accomplish that. Um, everything from uh, things like, I've always liked, for instance, the idea that logistics for every, uh, rep cycle from logistics, you do a tiny bit of uh, percent structure damage so that if you rep something for long enough, the same thing, it just falls apart and blows up. <laughs> yeah, I um, was, I always thought shield transporters, like what? They should yeah, be should transporting their... Shield. Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's what I always thought. Like, why isn't that the, the thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So once we started looking at HP, we realized just this is a a cool opportunity to incorporate those goals because resist using resist as a way to bring down capital EHP, which relies really heavily on a lot of resist modules and a lot of high end resist modules. Um, it's just going to feel that change a lot, but that that's going to scale down um, to matter less and less. So by the time you get to frigate fights and cruiser fights, it's not super important. Um, you know, uh, and then somewhere in the middle, it's somewhere in the middle, and capitals are going to feel it the most. And so we get this goal of making fights bloodier, letting it be more likely that you can trade back kills, making it so that logistics has less chance to stall out fights completely, um, and kind of all wrapped up with the capital EHP nerf. So that felt that felt really good. Um, it's definitely not perfect. I think a lot of the concerns that people are loudly bringing up now are uh, totally legit. Um, although I do think a fundamental issue we have is that there are people who rely on permanently sustaining tanks. Like to them, that's a critical part of the way they play, uh, particularly around facts that like we have five or 20 or whatever the number is invincible ships because we've invested so much in them and their output is so high. and under this change, it gets harder to do that. And I think it's tough because that is what we want. We want it to be less likely that you can just permanently tank a giant fleet without losing anything, um, because we think that's less fun than if there's losses on both sides. And so I think we're going to have to work back and forth a little bit on that to make sure that people feel like investing in their ships and investing in efficiency and force multiplying is something that feels rewarding. But at the same time, we don't feel like too many fights are stalling out or too many fights are completely, you know, one thing that happens, which we we're talking about before that's hard to measure is how many fights don't happen because you simply can't expect to kill anything. Like even if you're someone who's not that interested in efficiency, you're willing to throw away 
50 caracals, but you know you won't get a single kill. Maybe you don't take that fight, and our hope would be that now you do, but of course that's hard to measure, and the guys on the other side might say, well, now we're not going to take the fight against the 50 caracals because we'd have to give up two ships, and that's too expensive to be worth it. Um, but we at least want to start pushing on this and seeing if we can find somewhere where there's a little more trading and a little more chance of getting kills. Um, so that's where it comes from. And then it's a matter of sorting through details, which there's a lot to sort through. Um, a big motivation for me in doing this is getting, like you said, a change that affects everybody at the same time. I think some of my favorite periods in EVE history are like when Heat came out or when Rigs came out and the entire system had to be rethought all at once. And people who could adapt fast found really cool spots for themselves. And I think most of our balance work uh, over the last few years has been pretty targeted. So, so it's, it's like, like one, one specific piece of the system changes, but everybody else gets to be comfortable. And I kind of like the idea that we do more changes where all the way across the whole game, everybody has to rethink. Um, yeah. And I think I... Like, even though I was surprised, and I think I need some more time, to be quite honest, I need some more time to think about all the fits and all implications the patch has. Uh, I like to like have discussions even on Reddit or whatever, even though I was shitting on Reddit earlier. Um, you know, talk to certain people and stuff and then throw around ideas and like talk about those problems. But I think it will take some time and it will take some like undocking and testing to figure sure. out actually what works, what doesn't work anymore and all that stuff. And I don't see that as a bad thing. Really, I don't. And I think yeah. the resist... Me, I mean, the... yeah, that rethinking and having to go test seems really positive. It's only negative if once that's done and we come out the other side, the system's worse, right? Like if you come out the other side and now only hacks are viable or only sig tanking is viable and we lose some section of diversity that we had before, like that's obviously pretty trash if that's how it works out but my yeah. hope now and something i think we've been able to really have groundwork to do is actually iterate quickly and so i have more trust now that we can follow up with stuff if we need to and that makes me want to make bigger changes i was about to ask uh, like what if this let's just say this this patch the the resist stuff turns the, the whole game upside down and, and it all turns to shit which is very <laughs> unlikely <laughs> which I, yeah. I think it's quite not quite the opposite but it's gonna go in. It's gonna go in the right direction. I think the the points you you mentioned before that you don't want those unbreakable tanks and stuff like this on grid, and you want some trading going on. I think that's exactly um, what it's gonna promote. But let's say it turns to shit. Like, how long would you think? Um, like, you guys would be observing. I mean, you need some time to observe and yeah, get some data. Yeah, that's always tough because yeah. It it takes time for us to process and it takes time for like with something this big, it'll like, how long would you think it'll take before it stabilizes? You know, it could be yeah. six months. I don't know, but yeah, I, I think six months is probably a good time frame. But this, I would think that we'll at least see some of the basic trends out of this pretty fast and, you know, making follow-up stuff in two or three months specifically because of what happened. I mean, we're going to be making more changes than that in the meantime. Uh, there's lots of stuff on the way, but I think looking at, you know, I think being able to see, for instance, that like facts are totally unviable in wormholes after this, and they're just not used at all anymore. Or um, uh, any kind of uh, 
small scale active tanking is completely unviable and just goes away. And now there's there's only fast kitey stuff like that. I think that kind of stuff we could see pretty fast and would be able to make adjustments for pretty quickly. You know, more like one, two, three months rather than six, seven, eight months. Yeah, that's one of the concerns. Uh, that was actually Torvald who was streaming earlier. And he was asking, or someone in chat asked me, like, the patch notes, yay or nay. And then Torvald said, like, isn't it going to promote kiting more, right? You you guys wanted to aim for, like, a little bit more brawling. Brawling gets more DPS and so on. Well, but, you know. yeah. I mean, so for the reasons I said before, we wanted the resist. The, 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 re the reason we're attracted to resist change is the stuff I said before. And that's not necessarily meant to favor brawling or kiting particularly. It's just we want more trading. Like, we want more damage. Um, and, uh, it turns out that one of the implications of that is that if you're mitigating damage with SIG and speed, you're less affected. So in that way, it does, of course, favor kiting to some extent, but I don't think it's quite that simple. A lot of kiting, um, is a combination of strong resist bank based tanks and fast SIG based tanks. And so things like Loki's are really heavily affected, even though they care a lot about SIG and speed. Um, in other cases, yeah, it's uh, uh, definitely going to be more. I, I mean, to me, I mostly think of really small scales because I don't really know of a lot of big doctrines that are happy to like sit and rely on strong resistance tanks to mitigate damage. I mean, is anyone doing that uh, in a place where that's going to shift suddenly and they're not, it's not like nobody's going to be able to field Abaddon's now? Like, that's not a thing. Um, we cannot so, fly evidence. <laughs> okay. But Every so, now and then. The the important point to me is that if is that the the issue of like kiting versus brawling needs to be to me handled from other angles. Your suggestion about mass on turrets, uh making web bubbles or painter bubbles, making new module types that uh help you close distance or help you slow down kiters, like to me that problem isn't solved this way and i think we earn enough from opening up resists a little bit lowering resists um that it's worth it and then we can look at bring, rewarding brawling with with from other angles and that i mean the reason the short range ammo changes in here is sort of for that it's sort of saying okay you know this is sliding us a bit towards the kite direction let's give some more incentive to brawlers and i think we should just continue down that road trying to to build up reasons to reward people for committing to close range and it doesn't mean this doesn't mean every change we make has to push that direction yeah i think um i think it definitely is the the kiting brawling discussion it's definitely one of those things that we have to you know have a look at for a while like the meta it doesn't de develop within a, a week or two or three some things take years to even develop right i'm i'm just saying like stukas for example at some point it became a thing, but MJDs, like all the tools were there for like how long? I don't even know. Two years. Yeah. And nobody was care like nobody cared really. And then it it started picking up, right? So uh, some metas just develop very slowly and people are used to certain things and they stick to that. So yeah. Yeah. But I mean I also don't want to use that as like a I know. A, a cop out to like a fairly logical argument like you know it, there's some things where you can say like yes now if you're mitigating this way you might have an advantage more of an advantage against something that's mitigating more based on resist modules and i think that's legit and you know we just need to to think about how we want to promote the short range 
more tanky oriented stuff relative to to kiting i mean it's yeah it, that topic is is really big though like i think over eve's history everyone's gotten better at better at realizing and implementing the fact that mitigating with sig and speed is generally better than mitigating with raw tank i mean unless unless the ecosystem forces something else like in wormholes that's not true i guess but uh in general a, a lot of eve has moved that direction and to me that just means we need more tools to counteract that since people think brawling is fun yeah i mean it would be nice to have both right yeah. if you have like you know a good combination i think is almost uh what people would want to achieve yep but yeah um another concern that a good friend of mine, Hai, um, mentioned, which I'm not like involved in all that often, but since he brought it up, I trust his judgment. The problem is the the fact that with the resist change, and then now you only have one capital cap booster on Faxes, mm. you will not be able to tank uh, a Citadel, for example, a Fortizar, with one Fax. So you can't feel the Fax, which smaller groups, and I'm saying smaller, like big loser groups, but smaller overall um they're not going to be able to um put their numbers more towards dps then they would have to bring a logi wing which hurts their dps and you know so yeah yeah i heard this and been actually spent some time last night tinkering to try and figure out <laughs> what how much of this was true and what opinion we had and i think to start with whether or not you should be able to solo tank at zero with fx uh, is I don't, it's kind of debatable to me. I don't have like a yes or no, but I don't think it's clear that that's something you should be able to do. Um, but also, I think it is totally possible on one cat booster. Um, it's at least possible to tank through, like you can, you can uh, even under Fort Newts, you can tank for like eight to 10 minutes um, with reps just running constantly. And even without heat, just with boosters, you have enough uh, reps to tank for DPS until that trio cycle ends, and then you can move after that or um, slide in another fax or whatever. So I'm pretty sure it's just possible, even though obviously it's harder. You're not going to be able to be totally um, cap immune if you're under extra cap pressure, not just the fort during that time. It's harder. Uh, but it looks to me like it's totally still doable. The numbers you can put up are totally fine. A lot All of right. I know a lot of high-end like minnows uh, already ran one only one cap booster for doing this so i'm not super worried about it yeah like i said it was a friend of mine bringing it up uh i didn't check the numbers yeah, actually and and, and i <laughs> and i never <laughs> exactly and i never actually did i i probably feel the effects before on a fortiser but uh, i i don't remember uh, like how comfortable you were tanking them or all that stuff so i wouldn't know for sure but yeah and then someone brings up you know about the bar going and stuff but yeah that's counterplay that's how the game should work right so if if only effects is there fighting a fortiza on its own which is kind of weird but let's just say like i feel like the structure itself shouldn't be killing anything to be quite honest the structure itself shouldn't be the killing machine right but as soon as support comes in if it's the right kind of support i believe that should be the the approach that you know now the fortis is helpful in killing it boom and then you might just kill that fact so if that's the if that's actually what's happening i think i'm i'm 100% on board with it right and i'm i've always been 
not a fan of faxes, especially the way they were. Um, but that was one of those points that was like, uh, maybe they went too far. Yeah. I don't, I don't know though. Right. I mean, I'm, no doubt there'll be adjustment uh, needed. Yeah, and it's um, especially, yeah, sorry, but especially no, faxes, no. super hard to to balance, right? Because it, it affects basically every you know, playstyle, size of group, where you yeah. cut, where you, where you draw the line, right? Yeah, I mean, the facts, the facts portion of this change and the cap booster change is definitely the hardest and like, I don't know. It's the hardest part of this whole set of changes to me. It's it's really tough to figure out where that line should be. Uh, I feel like a lot of the other numbers around facts are set up in a way that makes the importance of cap boosters too high and too sensitive. Like the the actual cap draw from remote reps and also from local capital reps. It's all like just makes the whole thing very sensitive. Like where it's immune when it has three to four cap boosters and it's like definitely very vulnerable cap wise uh, on just one and i almost uh try to squeeze in more changes to some of that peripheral stuff to make the one cap booster thing a little easier uh to adjust to but i think we're gonna it's just so late we're gonna let it go this way and then take a look at how things adjust and then make another pass soon um if it turns out that it's just unworkable so one question that I know a lot of old players would like to hear, like what one answer is, what are the chances that we get combat refitting back on faxes? I think zero. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, Why, though? I think maybe there's, like, I, the, the wanting to get the, the things that you got from refitting is a lot more palatable, I think looking at something that's designed more intentionally to support that maybe would be on the table, you know, things like switching modes so that you get better cap regen in one and better reps in another or different types of triage or some other things to, to resuscitate some of the good things about that gameplay are possible. But I think combat refitting itself is just like between the, the, you know, pretty nightmarish, like, usability both for fighting against it and understanding how it works just from like people coming in uh to the fact that it just throws the entire fitting game kind of out the window and creates this entire other fitting mini game that isn't really part of any other gameplay it's just too too obscure too kind of bizarre and i think if we wanted pieces of that back we just do it in a way that was not not like that <laughs> So I don't think combat refitting, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe somewhere down the line, someone thinks that's viable, but I don't think so. I think there was good reasons it was changed. And um, if we need people to have more flexibility and be able to do some of the things that combat refitting offered, we would just go about that differently. Yeah, well, the argument would obviously be that like combat refitting that requires a little bit more skill. And if you want to make yeah. it work with your body and all that stuff, right? And Yeah, and I mean, obviously. I think that's legit. and you know, losing the skill expression and the, the mastery that was associated with it sucks. Um, would rather have some of that back. I just think if we wanted to get that back, that wouldn't be the way we went about it. But All right. certainly none of, in the short term, nothing to that scale is going to change with facts. Uh, I mean, we're messing with capitals a lot, obviously, and kind of trying to really dig into 
you know, the entire capital ecosystem pretty deeply. And so I think any of it is on the table in a way, like a, a more fundamental rework of facts could be uh, on the table if we just get to, like, if this just keeps being really tough dealing with them the way they're set up now, maybe we look at a bigger rework. But um, right now, at least, we're going to just try and find some healthier space under the basic design how they are now. All right. I'm a little surprised. I would have thought you, you're, you're going to say like, eh, you know, we're thinking about it. But I don't know no. what exactly at the time. I think when it got removed, I wasn't too invested in faxes or like uh, capital warfare stuff anyway. So I, I don't remember what the problems uh, with them were. I do not remember. I'm, I probably did do it once or twice, but... I mean, I think when I wasn't a like, pro I, I, I can't speak for the guys that did the rework, but my impression is that they just looked at, you know, they're they're dividing triage away from carriers as a role and kind of redesigning all the ships at once. And they said, if we're designing from scratch, how all this works, this combat refitting makes sense. And based on how like the rest of Eve works, you know, the idea that you make some decisions about what fit you're going to have in space when you undock. It, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to just throw that all out the window and have a totally different paradigm for this one situation. And so they said, okay, let's design them without that. And yeah, I guess I, I understand that people, you know, there was experts at that and it felt very skill expressive and people hate losing that. Like that makes sense. But I also think it, it, no one starting from scratch would be like, oh, we have this fitting system that applies to everything in the game let's just ditch it all for this one ship class that can just change its fit all the time yeah i guess that makes sense i'm sorry for everyone who had hope it just got crushed <laughs> i mean you know keep campaigning if you want i'm not the only person who's who's uh working on this stuff or will be working on this stuff in the future who knows maybe it maybe it ends up being the best option i don't know I mean, maybe that's a future event when you can test it. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do an event where like every ship could change its fit on the fly at any time from that would, cargo or something. That would be a funny event. <laughs> a lot of a lot of stupid fits. <laughs> when I we think see people it. would want it the other way pretty fast. I think it would. Yeah. Uh, pretty degenerate, but yeah, it'd be fun for hey, a weekend. If that takes it, if that's what it takes to convince people, right? <laughs> Give them the event, like you asked for it, you know. I really like the idea of doing uh, nostalgia-based events, like put back uh, old nanofoons for a weekend, or put back like no stacking penalties for a weekend, and you know, let people no have stacking days for for a little while. Yeah, you know what? I think that would probably also help with um, you know some people. They they think back and it's like it's like that crazy ex girlfriend. They only remember the good times. They do not remember necessarily how broken certain things were, right? So if you would just dial it back in certain areas, people would be surprised, like how broken was it actually? Yeah, would probably have. Yeah, I mean, that. it would also be extremely confusing because most people playing now were not around for most of that stuff, and it would just ah, be still... incredibly bizarre and disorienting suddenly to have you know, fleets of Vagas and Curses and Typhoons going 16k a second. Cavalry Ravens, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and then you would see more battleships in, 
in space and i think that's also something you were you guys were uh, working on it'd be a good way to get battleships back in space just let them go six times as fast i yeah. bet we'd see a lot of them then yeah they'd be pretty hard to bomb that is that is 100 true yeah how are you gonna bomb those i mean we we probably would figure out a way to you know kill them anyway but Come, coming out of warp or find some way i mean yeah, the bombers can the bombers can burn just as fast but hey, that's not gonna help but um so you introduce the frick bay which is more in my eyes it's more like a fun feature like it's yeah, not yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. fun, but it's a game, so it's important to have fun. So, like, I definitely support that one. It's not like I'm putting that away as, like, completely useless. I'm saying, yeah, people can stay in the fight and have more fun for longer, even if you're primary. If your name, name yeah. states with a, it starts with A, and you're fighting an FC who, you know, likes to call by alphabet, God damn it, you're, you're probably not having much fun there. So, I do, um, I mean, this, this was, that was just, like, a fun small step, but I, I do wonder i mean i like the idea of it. it can take so long to find that fight that you really want to be in the idea of being able to draw that out somehow that experience i think is really like i don't think we got all the way there with this change but uh i like that idea a lot like i don't know you can you know you die you can buy back your ship at half hp and keep trying or something so that people can like stay in this situation that's super fun for longer um, yeah, but also still have kills happening, not people just sitting around nuding each other for 45 minutes. Yeah, I think it's a fun balance you guys hit there. I think with the Frick Bay, because if you go and say, okay, your ship dies, but it doesn't die really, you come back with half hit or whatever, like how do yeah. you balance that? Right, that's yeah, harder yeah, to balance no, than combat refitting, really. Of course, it's it's a mess. But uh, that you respawn in a Frick while you were a battleship before, I mean, how much unbalanced? Like, how much can that unbalance? So I think yeah. it's. But the problem, I mean, the the other side of that is, if it doesn't unbalance that much, then it's not actually that much of an incentive to use battleships. You know, it's just sort of a, like you say, a more for fun thing. Yeah. No, I don't think people. The more so... we want people to actually use it, the more we have to make it actually powerful. Um, I think the the big step to making it more powerful, so that it becomes like a more legit incentive, would be to put it on battle cruisers, because there's much more overlap between stuff you can field that's small and battle cruiser battle cruiser fleets, like you know building Ferox's yeah. with harpies inside or something is just like matched up well enough that it becomes like a really legit it's all it's more like you're getting two ships for one rather than you're just getting a dorky rep ship so or something. what you're saying is battleships get a destroyer bay and battleships <laughs> get a freak bay <laughs> i'm just kidding oh, man, kickies for everyone a, guys we should give battleships a saber bay that'd be cool a saber a bay. bay yeah i mean that's that's an incentive right there if you have yeah. battleships and then you can switch to sabers suddenly, that's quite interesting. Right? Especially you at, least, you at least make people do that. <laughs> especially if you talk about black ops, right? Because that's another thing people keep bringing up. What about the T two battleships? The resist nerve, the uh, hit points. I forgot actually. The hit points did apply to black ops. The hit points were only. No. The hit points didn't apply to tech two. We are going to put the scan res on the tech two classes. Yeah, so at least people like people uh, spoke up, and you're like, yeah, okay, you're right. The scanners, you can have it, yeah. but why not the hit points? Right? Eh, I mean, I don't know. I I have I guess the feeling that both those classes, Marauders and Black Ops, need like a more serious rework. Like they need just a deeper 
kind of freshening. <laughs> and so I'm just not wanting to uh, tinker as much with them. I feel like they're farther from where they need to be, so they just need a more full... You know, that almost sounds like, you know, like totally backwards. Uh, but yeah, basically, I... I don't know. I just think they need they need a more full look, and I'm just saving more work for when that happens, rather than trying to do it piece by piece alongside normal battleship stuff. Um. So one of the things that I was thought about battleships, like they are battleships, right? So they should have like a ton of tools to do a ton of stuff and be like an all round kind of the battle, the tool you would choose for like a big battle, right? So an all round tool. So uh, I was thought like, why don't they have like more things going on? Like, why not put like bomb launchers or defenders on them? Or um, why yeah. not give them more range in general? Because that's probably in the meta versus hacks. That's that's one of those factors that I always wanted about. Like, why do hacks have so much range? Especially when you compare them to battleships. Shouldn't battleships just outrange them? Right? So yeah. like, like an all round kind of boost. Yeah. I think that's legit. I mean, uh, yeah, we haven't talked a ton lately about range. Um, it's definitely, I think, reasonable. I mean, battleship range can get real crazy with 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 long range guns, but then you know you're not hitting anything. So pushing short range weapon, short range guns out further uh, could totally be a good approach. As far as the utility stuff, we I actually we talked a lot about putting bomb launchers on them. Uh, like one CSM ago, I I think it sounds sort of fun. The I mean, one big problem is if you have if you get to a point where you could have battleship versus battleship fights, then they just bomb each other off the field, and then there's like unless I mean, they're on zero. If the if you want to brawl, you're on zero. Yeah. Like, who are you gonna bomb? Right. But the bigger the bigger reason not to. I mean, as much as I battleships are very flexible and can do a lot uh, relative to other ships because of how many slots they have. Um, at least at smaller scales, that's true. But the, I think something we're always trying to promote is more class diversity, like more dependence and like these utility classes, like bombers. I mean, bombers are a weird case, but dictors, logi, um, command bursts, all this stuff is like kind of the best tool we have for getting more than just one blob of the same ship all doing the same thing. And so whenever we take like a utility role, and put it onto the mainline ship, we just lose that class diversity. And I think that is something we're trying to, like we're trying to go the other direction usually, trying to put utility roles um, onto some other class so that you have a more diverse fleet because then you have more, you know, then the other guys have more reason to bring anti-support or to bring whatever uh, answer. And but getting away from like, just there's only one ship you need and you have 300 of them. I think like all Titans, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, that actually makes a lot of sense, <laughs> I have but to say. It's, yeah, but I mean, it's tough because when you have, I think we struggle a lot with this with battleships where that is the most obvious way to to uh, get them viability because they're never going to be the fastest and speed is so important is to give them utility options that push them ahead. Um, I do like the idea of better damage at range. Better damage in general, I feel like the gap between uh, cruiser and battlecruiser and then battleship damage is too close. And if they had, you know, in in a way, if they did 50% more damage and had 50% more HP, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, the problem with that is then we break, like, all PvE and, 
you know, uh, probably break a lot of ecosystems that are more focused on battleships already. I mean, one funny thing about battleships, everybody's wishing always that they were more popular, but as of now, battleships as a class do more PvP damage in the game than any other class. Um, they're they're already and extremely powerful, and especially when you look at anything but null. Um, where bombs are present, you know, you look at wormholes or low sec or high sec, and you see a lot more battleship usage, um, and you see plenty in null. You see plenty in null as well, and so it's also scary to push. You know, if we gave them a huge buff like that, that made them more preferred than hacks or um, other smaller comps in null, you'd probably just see them be the kind of end all in uh, every ecosystem in the game. Which maybe that'd be fun. I don't know, but. <laughs> It's at least makes it a little sketchy to think about pushing them that far ahead. Yeah, interesting. Actually, I didn't know. Now, I mean, obviously, I talked about it before, and I know certain a certain warm holder made fun of me saying bombers are oppressive. I'm using bombers all the time. They are oppressive to a degree. Are they too oppressive? Or like that's up to for discussion, obviously. But yeah. battleships, you think twice about fielding battleships if you know bombers are around. That is yeah. a factor, so it is oppressing, right? Every yeah. time NEFC takes a battleship fleet out, he's like, "All right, what do we do about the bomb fleet that's in in uh, in system?" So yeah, so low sexy does see more battleship action. Yeah, obviously. I mean, looking at how it's all distributed is more complicated. But like yesterday, for instance, twenty-two million damage on kill mails by battleships, nineteen million by cruisers, sixteen million by hacks. 15 million by dreads, 12 million by battlecruisers, and then it kind of continues. But battleships are at the top pretty much always, and that's great. They should be yeah. up there. They should be like the the go-to, like you say, for for a I lot of uh, a lot of different PvP kind of situations. But but also that makes it hard to like, okay, if we if we continue to try and make them the go-to in every meta across the game, we might hurt diversity really bad. Yeah, I think, I mean, I would love to see more battleships and Ulsek fights, and I would like to be able to field them in more fights. Uh, but I also believe the main factor is that, obviously, I have to move them places, right? So mm -hmm. if the game yeah. itself would be a different one, right? Let's say we had 10 times the number of players. I would only have to, to, to do like maybe one Titan bridge, two jumps, and I'm in someone else's staging. It would be a different story. I could bring yeah. battleships then because yeah. then I don't have to travel to the other side of EVE. So, yeah, and I mean, you know, we yeah. did the warp speed change to begin alleviating some of that. We don't want to completely lose the difference in mobility, but yeah, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, I think uh, how much time and work it should take to move ships of a different size is like definitely something that seems up for debate. People are asking how much is Leshax um, from that battleship damage. A lot. A lot is Leshax. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's true actually. A lot of the ba uh, the damage is probably Leshax like on structures then. Like this is not structures. It's actually on ships. It's only ships. All right. Not including structures at all. But It's warm but on us like with Leshax. Leshax spending half an hour shooting a wormhole fax definitely counts on this and adds up so um, those moment faxes guys i've shot some of those <laughs> they're nasty but yeah uh wormhole has had some concerns there obviously too right it's the same I mean, the same thing yes. we talked about earlier yeah. 
and I'm pretty sure they they'll do all right with the facts as how they are, and I think I think they will come around to this. I honestly think so. Um, I mean, I'm 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 real curious. There's no doubt it'll change a lot. Uh, I think it seems uh, very likely that their fights are bloodier, which may mean they don't bling stuff as much. Uh, I don't know, but I wonder, you know, like you say, you think they'll come around. I, I hope it's more fun to have more stuff dying and not need like 10 Balgorns and whatever to, to break every, like every small fleet with a fax. But I know they also like that gameplay a lot. So I'm not going to say that I know it'll be more fun for them. Uh, and I'm just super curious. Yeah, to that's, see. but that's the thing. If they... If people like that, the war models all like mid-sized alliances that have that exact playstyle, if they approach the facts in the same way, it's going to be less fun. I'm pretty sure. They have to approach the right. facts in a different way. They have to approach it as, okay, if we lose the facts, is that going to be the end of it? If you're in your own wormhole, lose your one facts, yeah, so what? Bring two facts, bring three facts. It's three players. It's not the end of the world in most cases. If you want to support your fleet with like a, an unbreakable uh, logi, you have to just buy enough time to kill the enemy, right? So, and it goes both ways, obviously, right? But yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I don't, I've had, you know, uh, there's people trying to figure this out. I don't think anybody knows exactly yet. Uh, Laura Seco told me, couple days ago or right after the patch dropped he's like he felt like he was on an acid trip <laughs> trying to like in a sort of state of delirium figure out what to do with with all their uh hey. all their yeah. fits and that makes sense and you know what there's also a chance they're right it's there's a chance yeah, I that mean, there's there's we'll no there, there abs there's no arguing they're right that it changes things i mean he you know he the the question is just is it is it more fun or is it less fun? And uh, there's varying opinions, but I think that's what we'll have to wait and see about because it's hard. You just now we can't know because we don't know exactly yeah. how things will pan out and then how that'll feel. But um, there's no doubt that all his fits will have to change. You know that the way they fight will have to change. And yeah, and I think one point that I didn't um, did we talk about it? I'm I'm not sure. In a in a different context, I think. The problem with faxes that I always saw was um, definitely the fights that do not happen, right? So those mm -hmm. don't show up on any kill board. Nobody notices, right? A lot of times uh, you go out, you, let's say we fill them out with 25 people when these things come out. We would technically be able to break the new faxes, maybe, right? If you bring this right setup, I could make a setup and then say, okay, now it's maybe possible. Maybe you bring two bargains. Before that, I wouldn't even bring any bargains. There's no chance I, not, I kept them all anyway. Yeah. So what happens right. usually is like, I see a fax undock with a fleet. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. not even taking the fight in the first place. So right. all that, all these fights are gone, but now there might be an opening that we would see. So yeah. And, um, and, and the know. other side of the argument, which I think, you know, we can acknowledge is that maybe when those guys can't, undock that fax to keep themselves alive because they think there's a chance they'll lose it they don't undock at all and so then the fight doesn't happen for that reason yeah um, and someone and yeah. you know i it, i don't want to ignore that possibility it's just really tough to guess about both the fights that aren't happening now and the fights that won't happen afterwards we just you know we're making the leap that 
there will be more that the side you're saying is more common that uh, the extreme obstacle that a single fax can be stops a lot of fights happening or stops a lot of people from enjoying fights that do happen and it'll be better if they are a little bit more vulnerable but we just have to find out by yep. putting it there on tranquility and seeing what people do all right so we have faxes with battle chips i think the munin and eagle nerf i don't think there's too much to say about it i think everyone agrees I've not yeah. seen anyone saying like, oh no, you touched my Munin or my Eagle. Some people wondered, why did you nerf the Eagle in the same? But I totally agree. If you would have just nerfed the Munin and then leave the Eagle, I think that wouldn't... Yeah, that... just slide in super obviously. And it might even yeah. still, I'm a little worried, it's still not enough to keep that from happening. But You might be right, yeah. I think this is a common... It's funny having this conversation about resists and facts because I think usually my tendency is to under-nerf I think I've nerfed the Munin twice since the buff it got two years ago, whenever that was, and it neither time was enough to to really shake it out of the meta. It made it a little worse, which is fine for the dominant thing to not be quite as powerful, but um, trying this time to actually do enough to force some <laughs> some change in the fleet meta. So hopefully that's true for the Eagle as well, but we'll see. I mean, it's fine if obviously it still gets used some, but... Um, if it just slides in as like a replacement and is equally powerful, that's probably a little boring. Yeah, but I like I really believe ninety nine percent of people agree to that, and uh, you know it was a it was a long time coming anyway. Everyone knew. Uh, but are there are there other ships that you guys are looking at right after um, where you like? All right, there there's stuff that needs to happen. I mean, there's some zappy boys that we're talking about. Uh... I don't, I don't know, know what Zeppi boys are. Then please yeah, don't tell well, me. <laughs> I won't. Don't worry. I won't tell you. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about. I mean, a lot of different stuff. We had. We're talking <laughs> <No>, about. <poets. laughs> Sorry. About, uh, some. Uh, I really. I think. Uh, like Talos has been talking about a Dictor update for quite like since we started. We've had that as like a kind of a gimme because there's just obviously no real diversity. Uh, among Dictors, so trying to make some of the others get used a little more often, and then maybe some new bubble types. Um, maybe make some NPCs that can drop bubbles. Um, it's a few interesting things we can do there. And um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of other stuff I'm trying to think. There's the Heavy Bomber conversation, which I brought up in Vegas. That's still um, ongoing, although I do feel like now with such a brutal change to <laughs> Supers and Titans over the last couple months, we need to make sure that we have them established in like a functional role before we add even more things to shit on them. So um, maybe some some further updates for supers, uh, maybe some, yeah, I don't know, uh, some things to just make sure that they're in an okay place before we, we yeah. pile on more tools for screwing with them. Um, Navy ships have been something that's like, needed a big revisit for a long time i'm hoping before the end of this year we get a chance to do that we have a bunch of wacky ideas for um moving navy ships uh a lot kind of more into their own space than uh than the rest of the battleship or the you know for for all of them there it's really hard right now to find good niches for them at like a slightly higher price point but generally similar power level and so we're going to try and slide them into something completely different, hopefully. Um, don't know when exactly that will be, but 
that's near-ish future for sure. So the heavy bomber thing, it's an interesting to me, right? When you guys, I'm not sure, like you announced it in Vegas, right? Um, that you guys are looking into this or you're working on it. Like It was a, a little vague. Mm-hmm. And then everyone convoked me because I like to bomb shit. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, be great for kind of a Stuka approach and stuff. But I instantly felt like this is, this is going to be a nightmare to balance, right? Like, how do you get that right? I instantly, yeah. I could instantly tell this is not going to be as something coming in like easily. And then how is it like, how fast are these bombs? And, and like, how much do they tank and how much can you bomb at the same time? And yeah. And actually now damage. we're, we're, uh, we're not really talking about it as bombers necessarily. The, 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 the hope, the, the big hope long-term is that we have an escalation chain for capitals where there's a good reason to bring the first layer of capitals, carriers, dreads, facts to the field, supers and titans. It's a good, you know, you want to bring them to kill normal caps and then to complete that, uh, that escalation loop, there's a sub cap way to answer if someone is over indexed on supers and titans. And, uh, I think for that to make sense, the subcap class needs to be expensive and represent some real commitment. Like it can't be bombers that come out of a wormhole, you know, and instantly <laughs> zap stuff. Like that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I think they need to be uh, just uh, a justified amount of, or um, you know, a reasonable amount of commitment as an answer to someone who's over-indexing on on big capitals that are not going to be able to on their own do well against the the sub cap capital counter and because right now there's you never you never want to go down the escalation chain with the exception of dread bombs basically you never want to like oh there's a, an umbrella dropped here there's this good sub cap thing we can do other than boost around in circles and kill fighters or something like that and we would like to have an actual answer there where like they've stupidly brought four supers to this belt to fight off our small gang, we have some tool we can use at a subcap scale against them. But as you say, designing that is pretty tough. And I think trying to design that before we've accomplished a successful like rest of that escalation chain doesn't make a lot of sense. Like we need to see that the rest of it is actually working sort of all right, which right now it's not still. So Yeah, so it's still on the list. It's just fairly far down, right? I mean Eh, it's it's not that far down. It's we we've been trying to work through this like the basics, the broad strokes of this set of capital changes over the last you know three to six months or whatever, like since the new year basically. And I feel like we have one more big step with capital stuff, which is probably about kind of reestablishing a good role for supers, making sure that there's a reason to undock supers and titans, maybe making some specific. Uh, capital-oriented content to just get them into space. Yes, please. Um, and uh, and hopefully trying to find a reason that in a big fight you'd want a super um, more than a titan, like for some particular, whether it's because of a, a ranged advantage or some utility role or something like that. Like I think they need something to stand out. Um, so I feel like we have one more step that's got a lot of those pieces in it, and then after that would be the, or as part of that potentially, would be the heavy bomber step. But it's not so far away something that we're actively working on yeah you know what the heavy bomber thing 
when you guys uh, released the trailer, uh, there was the that one shipper there with the uh, kind of keeps the doomsday chain gun kind of thing. Did I you notice know. that? I I did notice that. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious about that one. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, that, that might be just fun. And I thought like this could be the heavy bomber approach, or not the approach, but uh, the replacement for it. Because I always, I already felt like heavy bomber thing. It's probably gonna, it's gonna take a long time, probably. But um, I thought that approach is a little bit more interesting because now you don't have that factor of like, let's say, fifty of fifty bombers wiping out entire fleets. But no, you can limit how much they t- uh, hit, but they hit several targets, right? So mm-hmm. I thought that uh, that's an, a very interesting approach. I did not think about that. I do hate the keeps that doomsday. I really do. I think it should not hit any subcaps. But mm-hmm. the idea itself, it's quite, uh, it's quite nice. I think. Well, I encourage you to keep speculating. <laughs> <laughs> well, so if we have to speculate, I mean, it's a new ship. You could tell. Right? I think that's pretty obvious. It's a new ship from a probably from a new from Upwell, right? So. We already had this this one stream. For those who wonder, were watching. Uh, there was actually a stream going on where, like, especially the law guys had a lot of sh- uh, stuff to dissect and and so on. Yeah. So there was a there was a stream from uh, talking in stations. Yeah. yeah, right after the trailer reveal. Yeah. That where, part. yeah, where we just talked about all kinds of stuff. And yeah, for I mean, for like players like me, there was only that that ship to focus on really, and then maybe <laughs> that the Triglavians. Um, they're taking space, but I'm not sure if that's going to impact my gameplay. So I don't know. So yeah, yeah but the ship uh, interesting. I mean, even as a spaceship game, it needs more spaceships. So that's something that's always happening. And we've made uh, quite a few trig ships. I think the trig stuff's gone really well, and maybe we should make more at some point. But um, I think we've had, you know, it's been like two years now or something like that of making mostly trig ships for new stuff. Uh, I think the last thing before Trig stuff that was new was the Boosters, actually, um, which has been quite a while. So, yeah, need to keep doing new things and not always do Trig things. So maybe we'll do something different. And so you mentioned uh, like having more more reason for Supers and Titans to be in space. Like let's say an NPC anomaly that you know is worth undocking for in a super or titan that might just mm-hmm. be that might just strike the balance like with risk reward for them. Um, I would appreciate that for sure because I think that's that's my biggest critique on Blackout. It's like nobody in space to hunt, right? Like I yeah. don't, I don't, and it's the same for the mineral changes. And I do understand. I, I mean, I don't quite understand, but I I get the point of. Uh, you know, too much minerals, and we need to, you know, uh, tone it down and you know, give it some time and so on. But there's less rockets in space. There's less targets for like bigger yeah. groups to hunt. So yeah, um, we need we need things in space for sure. I think that's been a an unfortunate or like you know, like uh, specifically because I've been working more on it. The capital application stuff, taking application away from supers and titans means. Uh, ratting is either impossible or inefficient, which means less things in space, which is just bad. Like I would definitely rather have those ships in space. So um, we we talked about some pretty uh, 
I would almost say desperate. Uh, I don't know, but we talked about trying to solve this right away as like an interim solution, doing things like having uh, a super NSA that gives back a bunch of fighter application, but hamstrings them in PVP, like takes away max HP or resists or lock range or something so that they keep application versus NPCs, but uh, lose it in any, like lo you lose total viability in any actual fight so that we don't disrupt super adding just because having the ships in space is so valuable to the game. Um, we obviously decided not to do that for this pass, but it's something we need to address soon. Like we can't, I don't think we can afford to say um, the only reason to put really big ships in space is for umbrella response or for some some big set fight. Like having the traffic there for people to use as objectives is really important, especially when we're kind of low on um, smaller scale objectives. Like that's the other piece, I guess, is along with having big ships in space to act as objectives, we need to work on adding objectives that are uh, worthwhile and fun for smaller groups or for roaming groups or whatever and that's that's another piece that we're going to be focusing on i hope we can really put a lot more time into in the next like two quadrants um because we've been discussing it a lot but haven't made big steps on that uh in a while so um, we have some structure changes lined up uh real soon like uh real soon which will help a bit and then i hope we can continue to like look at new things we can put in space for people to fight over uh, shortly after that. So when you say structure changes and like conflict drivers or fight generators for smaller groups, I instantly have to think about something I've been talking about on here, I don't know, countless times. I probably talked about that to you before. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but... I do believe that like if you if you turn off all citadel defenses unless they're getting attacked, then you have a real incentive for um smaller groups to just wing it, just warp to that keepster, poke around on that unlock, play those station games, and you remember those station games. I mean, how much I content do, did and that I, and generate? I actually benefited from them as well, <laughs> but uh I don't think that's gonna be one of the short term steps that would be incredibly disruptive, and we'd have to like disable tether and do all kinds of things that are no why uh, why would you need to uh, disable tether because how do station games make any sense if you just undock tethered it doesn't but, do anything so what but that's fine you know they used to undock and be in dock range yeah and most then, of the time except yeah, you could bump them out or they would you could spit but out a lot of times i think i would argue the most kills that resulted yeah. from station games were not because the guy got caught and like you know trying to we dock just, or stay 100 like, percent safe we should say five percent of the time you undock tether doesn't work <laughs> no but my argument is usually what yeah, would happen I, is I see, I see. Yeah, they undock yeah, yeah. you know with a certain ego they want to see what's outside they make yeah, a mistake yeah, I know, I know, yeah. right? so there is I, at I least mean, a chance i i i see you know i i think there could be some upside to that i don't think we're going to do that uh in the short term i think that would be uh, a pretty crazy uh, disruption. It leads to a bunch of weird stuff to you shoot your own structure to turn on the defenses, which doesn't make any sense to anyone. I mean, in this case, I mean, obviously you would which implement... you're probably happy with because then you have to put a ship on the grid and shoot it, which you then get... No, 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 no. Like, I'd see the problem there, obviously. So you would obviously implement something like, let's say, you need to have 
like 10% of your shield must be missing for that to actually happen. Right? Yeah. So who is shooting his structure for like, and then remove 10% of the shields and then it has to be in repair mode on top of it. Right. So that combination needs to be there. So otherwise like, so yeah. obviously you would put uh, some I, rules I, in place. I'm maybe, maybe, like, I, I, you know, I, I think there's other roads here, hopefully to giving things in space for you to fight over without having to God do this specifically. It. But, I, I, I hear you. I don't think you have but, actually come after me about this before. Dude. I can take it back. I, I don't want to bring it up, but I had I had Brisk bring it up at the CSM. Right? Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it was, and that's the thing. It was a mistake. It's not the environment for that. You know, it's not the right environment in a CSM meeting mm -hmm. because, no, the problem is I've been thinking about this particular thing like countless mm -hmm. times. I, mm -hmm. like, came up for so, like solutions like you just said like what if someone undocks and shoots it's like i do have an idea about like what people would do but so i had Br brisk bring it up and people dismiss it instantly with like you know they don't have yeah. like, it's not fair to them they don't have the time to think about it for a long time like i had coming up mm -hmm. with it so mm -hmm. on the spot, you have to make that decision. It's probably easier to say like, oh no, it's not going to work because, and then just dismiss it and move on. Right? I don't want to say similar as you just did, but you know, <laughs> it is similar. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's also yeah. not fair to you. I put you on the spot and say, okay. And then you can't just say like, hmm, that sounds great. And yeah, you didn't have the me, time yeah, to think about it. Send me a, yeah. All right. we'll, we'll, we can continue talking about it or you can send me a thing or I don't know. We can, uh, it's interesting, but yeah, I mean, at least right now, I'm not saying, hey. I'm not saying yes to anything. <laughs> but hey, anyone who is listening to this, who sees a massive problem with it, just send it to me. I'll fill that out and then yeah. see, like, if there's holes in this, I'm, you know, I'm more than willing to admit that I, I was wrong. And I still don't, I still though do think that, like, the thing you want, which is a way to, get people to engage or a way to get action when you're roaming in hostile space is like obviously something we both want and um uh we're looking at uh a lot of different stuff you know we're looking at ess's and a potential ess rework um we're looking at um completely new types of objectives maybe that have different you know different restrictions and and benefits to to taking them i can't really i guess i can't really say anything very specific about that but basically we're talking about this a ton i think there'll be stuff coming soon and the structure the structure stuff uh coming up super soon even though it's uh not completely dedicated to this should also be a big step it's like another set of um set of adjustments to low power so hopefully there's more opportunity for people to take advantage of structures that aren't getting used all right i mean I'm glad to hear, even if it's not the exact change I want, I'm glad to hear you guys are looking at the at citadels because I do believe it's probably number one uh, issue, right? Conflict yeah. driving wise and stuff. It's tough, but you know, I'm glad you guys are yeah. looking into this. Yeah, yeah, we're. I think everyone is. <laughs> yeah, we're we're trying. It's definitely it's tough. It's a. I think the I think. I think we've gotten ourselves in a really tough spot with citadels because we've tried to have them be so many things at the same time. Like citadels are trying to carry so many different goals as a feature. They're 
trying to be housing, they're trying to be accessible to small people, but also be important strategic stru structures for big people, their weapons, their storage things. They're, they're doing so much stuff at once that um, they end up having a lot of really big challenges in trying to make them feel healthy uh, for any particular thing. Like they end up kind of halfway doing the job. And I think it's actually amazing that 5.0 is able to get them to do all this stuff at all. Um, but I think it's inevitable that with so many goals for them, they are um, not able to do any one of those jobs perfectly. And I think something else that we can hopefully do, some, something that seems really obvious to me is take this, this, uh, this single goal of having uh, like exposing income uh, to be harassed or creating objectives for people to fight over or create conflict drivers just separate that from citadels do it with something else that doesn't have to be burdened with like issues with asset safety or timers or whatever you know we can design specifically around wanting people to fight i think that will just like unlock a lot for us and uh so uh, at least in part as along with looking at citadels and trying to make improvements there we're also looking at how can we make more conflict stuff that isn't tied up in all the complexity of citadels yeah and uh, so you mentioned asset safety, like obviously there's probably not going to be anything you can say, but um, that's one of the big issues uh, people have been talking about, obviously. Um, I'm super happy that you uh, are approaching that one. I'm not sure how you're going to do it and you probably can't announce it anyway, but yeah. I mean, I definitely can. We don't have a change. Like I, could, I couldn't announce it if we had one, but I, I can say we don't have, we haven't settled on like some change, but um, for, mo for me at least, I, I feel like, uh it, it's kind of similar to talking about citadels in general where i feel like people talk about asset safety because they want uh to use it as a way to incentivize structure killing they want like basically they want to be rewarded for killing things uh i, th I think some people probably want to just harshly punish people who <laughs> have their assets in space and feel like they in null that shouldn't be you just shouldn't out of principle have safety there um i'm less persuaded by that argument i think that's less likely to be the focus of any changes we make is to say that like there just shouldn't be asset safety in null i don't think that's realistic and i think if we enforce that people just won't put things in citadels they'll put them other places so to me it's more about unlocking rewards somehow for people through through uh maybe partly through asset safety things like to me, we could just hand the asset safety tax to structure killers instead of flushing it down the drain, and that would be fine. Um, and I think there's other stuff like that uh, that that we can do that maybe incorporate asset safety to some extent, but don't say, hey, if you're missing for a while, your stuff's just all going to be gone when you get back. Or if you made but, the dumb decision to live in a system without NPC stations, you're just screwed. So, that, I mean, there's a, there's several approaches to this, obviously, right? So you can approach it as, like, does it, does everything drop? And I think you're right. That's ridiculous. And in NullSec especially, I mean, you can't just do that. But what's, like, what are the chances that we get, like, a 50% drop rate, right? If you lose half you your drop? shit... But why would you drop like who <laughs> like then you take half the people who live there and they feel terrible and the other half feel fine. I mean, I don't know, I, like putting like taking a, a a punishment that seems incredibly harsh and then attaching some RNG to it. Uh, I don't know if that relieves it, you know, I think then you just like it, it lessens it like some people feel OK, but. Well, so, I mean. 
you could like the approach i think i wrote it down even uh on one of those docs where like i wrote a ton of shit about citadels you could go and say it drops 50 percent, but then make an exception for like alliance headquarters or corp headquarters or whatever right mm-hmm. so people can yeah. save the assets but then most citadels where stuff is like in like let's say in sotios where yeah. pe- people build a lot of shit so at least sure. there half the stuff drops and then also yeah, yeah. i mean it's important for people like you said someone is not around for like uh two months or so right if he won't if he comes back you don't want him necessarily to lose everything or even half half his stuff and uh you know i think there is a middle ground i think the important part yeah, you're right you're right i think i think there could be middle grounds i think low power actually is a, a middle ground in a way like if you uh yeah have have some stations you're just not using you don't care about they're just sitting there like i don't think it's crucial that we protect the stuff that's inside those um and yeah maybe maybe yeah you can call out certain stations where it's important that stuff is safe but in others uh certain structures and in others it's not such a big deal i think that's so legit yeah there there probably is middle ground when you said it first i was like just imagining like yeah just splitting in half the main storage for everybody's shit like i think probably that feels (laughs) pretty much just as bad but if you yeah if you split hairs a bit more and figure out some cases where it seems fine that could be totally cool yeah and i think the big difference in like you have a drop rate on citadels is gonna be it, the attackers do have a chance to right so they have a chance of something dropping they might nothing yeah. nothing might be I dropping mean, the, but the yeah. other thing about this to me though is we could again i think you could you could have something drop you could have it be valuable to kill the structure without having to drop things people own in there uh there's a really simple idea that i like quite a bit that we've been kicking around to just say when you put up a structure you have to invest some upfront cost in it that always drops when you kill it so you got to put a chip in the structure that costs five billion isk to turn it on and then when the thing's killed that thing just drops and can be sold back to npcs for five billion isk and that way the killer is getting something without it having to be attached to random assets for people who live there but instead is attached to the investment in the structure itself and um i think there's plenty of that kind of uh design that could do the job of making it worthwhile to go and kill stuff um another one uh, a guy brought up at uh vegas which is kind of funny and would only be only matter for certain structures but would be to hold a portion of taxes taken off services in the structure as a pot so like every you know manufacturing or uh market tax that gets scraped out of the structure like some portion of that just gets held as like a bounty on the structure basically and like a safe you know for if you kill it and of course in busy busy areas that would stack up and become like this yeah really big target on your head uh and i think there's all kinds of stuff like this we could do that isn't about just dropping the things in the hangers but finding other ways the only problem i see with that one is suddenly people start killing on structures Right. <laughs> it's like yeah but like yeah i mean yeah you'd have to you'd have to deal with some <laughs> some edge cases although it like, sounds really funny to me that yeah. there's like basically a timer on how much you can collect and then you just have to kill your own you have to get everyone to move well, everything out and kill it that's what happens in walmart space right i'm sure you're aware yeah 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 
you know, so for those who are not aware, like in Walmart space, it's very common that people would unanchor their staging Fortiza. So everyone who is not active at this moment, that stuff drops. And then they collect it, put it in the corp hanger, put their Fortiza back up, and then they basically clean up their comments. So it's less of a target. People know you do this. So, yeah. you know, if yeah, you're lazy, you're a big target. Mm-hmm. There, has, there have been uh, cops uh, in the past that didn't do that. Um, yeah. yeah, and again, none of this stuff is like fully fully fleshed out or perfect, but I just, I, I think there's lots of options that that we have. I mean, the the main point is right now there's not enough disincentive. Like, it's crazy to be killing something this big and not getting anything for it, and we need to do something about that. Um, so another thing structure-related would be um, like Ansiplexus, which actually got a nerf just distance-wise. Like, mm-hmm. First of all, why did you decide not to put... It's probably a different team, right? It's probably 5-0, but... Um, 5-0, like, I mean, Ansiplexus are kind of old. They're, yeah, built by 5-0 a while ago, and then um, we just did the range change recently on Talos. Yeah, but why are, why are Sinogens still in Keepstar range, for example? Yeah, we could move them out. I don't know. We Ansiblex was just the focus of that change. Just cared more about that, and so just just did did Ansiblex decided not to. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it could move. I don't know. It was just the uh, Ansiblex seemed like the. Uh, I don't know the it better was, fighter. It was the focus, I, know. I guess and that's just so we just decided not to expand to uh, to to the Sinogens for that pass. Yeah, and I think uh, we have seen way more fights kick off on uh, Antiplexes since then. I'm not sure if you tracked yeah, it. Yeah, we've been hearing, I mean, uh, hearing a lot about them from both sides. Uh, they're driving some content, which is really cool. They're also making uh, logistics people extremely miserable. <laughs> and uh, so we're hearing from both ends. Well, that might just happen, you know. <laughs> it's like, you got to work for it if you want the perks. I mean, another thing about Antiplexes is... What I always wondered, so the idea was player build Stargates, right? That was what first was announced like years back. And then for like a long time, nobody talked about it because it's, you know, like how Stargates work. If you implement that as player build, that probably would cause a lot of issues. So you guys took the jump bridges off passes and then put them uh, like where they are today, right? But if if they were the player star a uh, player uh, on Stargate approach, like why can't hostiles take them? Like w- wouldn't it be cool if if you have enough liquid ozone in your cargo, you can just take it your, anyway? Yeah, it'd I mean, be cool for you. <laughs> it would be cool for everyone. I mean, well, not for the people owning the Antiblex. I think they would probably not want to use them if they became a way for people to move around their own space and like. Gotta be more careful, you know. <laughs> or I you mean, hack a bridge. I... Exactly. That's that's another thing. I think, uh, like, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I wasn't part of uh, making them originally, but I, I, it's, it's easy for me to kind of imagine that if, if they could be taken both directions by hostiles, they would basically not be worth it. They probably wouldn't get used or, um, or at least it'd be really difficult. I'm guessing that's, that's the main reason. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously I can't say exactly how it would work out if you could take them, but I'm, I'm assuming it would be completely unworkable for 
for the people running the networks. But just like Hildulf said, like I, I probably agree with what you just said, right? It's probably a little bit, it probably would be a little bit too strong. But then again, you would have to think, where do you put jump bridges then? I, I would still think people would use jump bridges, just not as many. I mean, look at the map. There's like tons yeah. of jump bridges everywhere. But then Hildulf says like hack, hacking, right? Yeah. That would be a cool way to introduce hacking to like a PvP um, scenario, right? Yeah, potentially. Uh, yeah, having like a way to like open them up both ways for a limited time if you can keep people on grid for some duration, blah, blah, blah. I think that that sounds more like reasonable at least. Um, especially if there's some stake in doing that, you know, you have to bring along some deployable that costs some money to to get that done. And so the defenders can feel good if they can keep you from doing it. This is something well, we're talking about. It takes so much time, with... right? Yeah, yeah, and and it would take time. Yeah, I mean, I think that at least sounds like a, an interesting discussion. It'd be cool if there was uh, a way to get that into a balanced place so that it could be kind of stolen and used both directions. That sounds healthier, mm -hmm. at least, than <laughs> than just getting to freely use their network. And then there's another obvious thing, in my eyes at least, obvious, I'm not sure, um, there was with uh, Ansiplex's, um when you approach it as player-owned targets also, if you're hick-pointed, you can still jump. If you're bubbled, you can still jump, even though jump bridges, that wasn't the case. So it's a mix, but then for content generation, it's the worst mix of both worlds, really. Right, mm -hmm. so... Uh, that's another thing that you know you keep probably keep hearing also from. Um, yeah, like, I actually remember being going through like a pretty big discussion about about tackling people to keep them from going back through, and then we ended up deciding not to do that. But I can't remember, <laughs> can't remember how that whole discussion went. But um, yeah, I mean, I also thought you know you. Uh, like changing the dynamic, like making it so you can't scram to go back through. I don't know if that's necessary, but maybe making making it so that you come out a little further from the gate, so it's a little easier to catch people. Something like that could be fine. Um, so the reapproaching is a little more difficult. Well, Sajin um, is just noticing or saying that the exact opposite, right? Because they spawn so far from it, you can't even bubble it and cover the entire gate because it's so far, right? That's another thing. Yeah, yeah. So it goes both ways, like they're further yeah. away, but the structure might just be too big, right? If the structure was smaller in scale, so you could have them spawn far enough so they can't jump back right away, but then <laughs> they are in bubble range, you know? Yeah. It's, a, it's again, it's that balance that, you know, that's yeah, tricky, I it's guess. Tough to, it's tough to say like how, how disruptive you should be able to be and like how much you should be able to punish someone for using i don't know i don't know i don't have like a clean answer uh i think it's cool that since the change to push them off the keep stars uh, or out of the out of structure range there's more stuff happening around them i don't know if we need to go further or not like if this is a, a good amount or more I, I think at least right now we're more focused on having other other things uh other points of conflict rather than focusing more on the um on the gate gate infrastructure but yeah maybe it needs more changes and yeah um i mean we talked about that like how many times now like four times like how hard it is to strike the balance and i mean it's just i guess that's to be expected 
I mean, Eve is the the most complex game out there, probably, right? And you and Fozzy or uh, other devs, you only have so much time in a day. So there's a there's a long list of things you probably want to touch on, but you you can't just like do it all at once, right? Yeah, it's it's a huge game. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. I, I don't know. I mean. I'm really glad we've gotten to we've gotten to hit a lot of different parts of the game lately and like be a little bit more nimble. It feels really good. Um but yeah, it's it's tough. I always feel like one thing that I wish I wish rather than infinite power for me to change things, I wish we had infinite power to analyze, like infinite analytics resources and metrics resources are are uh ability. we have so much data, like we have so much information, but our um, bandwidth for processing it is is always strained. We're always talking about um, how much more we could do if we could uh, kind of more automatically monitor and measure. You saw in the ecosystem blog recently, there was a lot of talk about like having indices for health for different parts of the ecosystem. And a lot of what that's kind of talking about is trying to establish a more kind of automatic analytics that can let us know when things have moved a certain direction or when that they're moving in a bad direction. Um, right now, a lot of that work is super manual and it's tough. It's like, uh, you know, a lot of the changes that, that Talos has been able to make over the last uh, three to six months, especially, um, it's to be this fast, we don't have much time for a lot of stopping to pick through tons of data and figure out exactly whether, like with jump gates, for instance, like, you know, it would be worth going and spending a whole week trying to figure out what what exactly changed from that. How many fights happen around gates? How many people come through and then escape when there's hostels there? But like, there is no way that we could keep any kind of pace if we're doing that level of manual analytics. And um, so that's always what I <laughs> wish if I had as much as possible. You know, it, it'd be just smart smart data people to let us know what was happening as a result of changes and a lot of uh, or a big chunk of the problem obviously you can have all the data in the world in the world but if you uh, interpret it the wrong way then yeah, yeah, what's course. the use anyway right so but there are so many that, like that's definitely true and it's it's something that we run into a lot uh but there are so many areas where our our kind of resolution are just the information we have is not we just could do with more like even if sometimes we made wrong interpretations it would go a long way we have a lot i mean it's we've come a long way to in the last couple of years our our uh our data gathering and a lot of our analytics has gotten a lot more sophisticated but i just every little extra piece we get feels like it unlocks a lot for us yeah and then also like who would interpret it right so you need experienced devs for the most complex game in the world really <laughs> and then like it must be hard to find the right guys for the job you know what i mean like like where do you find devs that want to dive into the most complex game in the world like and then interpret data like they don't even like you to bring a new dev up to speed that has never played e for example that's almost that should be that's probably impossible right that probably takes so long like you know, might as well do something else with the with the money instead of employing another dev. <laughs> yeah, uh, right? it's tough. I mean, I'm not in HR or anything, but it's definitely hard. We 
Uh, I think we try to rely on being a team with like a diverse skill set because yeah, getting everything in one person, getting like Eve, even within, even if you find someone who's Eve knowledgeable, they're only going to be Eve knowledgeable for part of Eve. You know, there's like I have a lot of Eve knowledge, but like. I don't know shit about wormholes to begin with. So I have to do the same work that a non, well, not the same because if, like, if you're actually a non-player, of course you have more ground to make up, but there's no way to have someone who knows everything about Eve. Um, and then on top of that, yeah, you need, you know, all kinds of other design expertise and technical expertise. And I think we often, we've done a lot um, over the years of kind of for a period, like when the department gets kind of low on industry background and, you know, things more like just design methodology or process or um, even just perspective outside of like Eve, which is bizarre. Uh, we look away from Eve expertise and more towards people with that industry background. And then if we wind up low on Eve knowledge and looking, you know, to where we need more uh, more Eve experts, then we swing back that way a bit. I think that's just kind of always been a natural state for, for Eve dev is trying to pick from many worlds and then hoping that the the intersection of all of them leads us to <laughs> smart stuff but it's yeah not simple yeah i can only imagine right all right uh guys usually we aim for two hours we had one hour 50 so and i know rise is waiting for the wife to come home and he, he would have to bail then anyway so my guys you have my crying already Oh, all right. So, guys, go out and tell her Panda's more important. Sorry. <laughs> well, then let's cut uh, it out here. Cool. Um, Great to chat. Thank nice to finally make it. Sorry, it's such a long time coming. I've been meaning to come over here and hang out for probably what? I think timing was perfect. Five months now, but yeah, this was a it was a good opportunity to uh, to chat. And uh, yeah. much appreciated. And I also appreciate, extend that to the, the rest of the team, right? I see, yeah. like, a lot of people see, like, the effort, like, they put in, talking to the community, doing, like, Twitch streams and stuff like this. And uh, much appreciated. And uh, yeah, I'm I'll glad. Pass yeah, pass it along. There's a lot of, lot of smart dudes that, that don't come out here on the TV all that much. <laughs> <laughs> so, say uh, thanks to them. And uh, yeah, thanks again. And take care. Let me know if you kill some facts. All right. And see you guys on the next one.